him first as a great preacher and a singer. He sings phenomenal. He traveled with Pastor Hank and I. Um, in fact, when I was pregnant with Courtney, we had some fun, fun, fun times riding around in a van across the country and uh, staying in pastor's homes. They'd always give him a nice room and give us a room. And uh, we've grown to love him through the years. He's a man of his word. He just went around the whole world. I can't even imagine this. He went around half the world on a long visit and visited a lot of countries, his homeland and many other areas. But he's just a dear friend and a man of God. He's coming to share a word that's on his heart. Would you please welcome Reverend Al Mango as he comes. Woohoo! And he will share with us tonight. He also took a trip a few years ago to heaven. And he spoke to us. How many remember that? And we got to do question and answers about what he saw in heaven. We should have him back sometime to do that as well. Here you go, Brother Al. Thank you. Um, now, I've just had surgery, so I'm limping just a little bit. But uh, I feel like that I need to share with you what happened to me recently. Um, in 2012, on July, I'm sorry, June the 12th, I, I began to get really dizzy, and I, uh, I experienced uh, unbelievable, uh, like, I guess you would say, I would not be able to stand up, because every time I'd stand up, I would, I would uh, lose my balance. So... It was, it was quite a bad situation. I knew something was wrong. I called 911. Uh, tonight, I, uh, I've just gone through an allergic reaction to a medication, and last night I woke up with horrible, horrible pain. And all day long, I've struggled to, uh, to you know, seek God's face and because I realized that God wants me to minister this message. How many of you have faith? Who, yes, it is. Who is your faith in? Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ is what makes us different than any other uh, spiritual experience. Faith in Christ. Now, in 2012, I, I had a stroke. I basically had a massive stroke. Put me into a coma, and I shared with you last time that it was at, when, when, during that coma, I went to heaven. When I got back, I said, you know what? I don't like this being in a, in a wheelchair. I don't like this being paralyzed. So I went back to work. It literally had the stroke in June, and by October 1st, I was back at work. And, of course, most of you know that I have a concrete company, and I build these beautiful artificial rocks for theme parks. Have you ever been to Dollywood? Have you ever seen the mystery mine? I built it. Now... That was exactly 10 years ago. Um, in, in 2012, 
I went back to work October 2nd. From June to October is not a long time. During that time, I had to go through rehab because I was paralyzed on the left side. I was paralyzed. I was wounded. I could not see in my left eye. Uh, it was completely blind, and it wasn't because of a surgery. I've had two surgeries on the right eye, but in my left eye, it the the nerve path had broken off, and it couldn't. I couldn't see. I was blind. So there I am, and I am wounded. I've just driven um, in an ambulance to from Greenville, South Carolina. They drove me in an ambulance all the way to Vineland, New Jersey, so I could be with my family. Now, these guys in the um, in the uh, ambulance were we were just cutting up because I never lost my sense of humor. I never lost the ability to speak. I couldn't see. And my brain was so scrambled during that time that I had a flip phone. I would flip my phone, and I could not read the numbers. I could not read the, the names on the flip phone. So I'm in the ambulance, and we're going like 60, 70 miles an hour through Durham, North Carolina. And I, I, I just simply mentioned to the guys, you know what? I would love if we could just put the sirens on. Let's go, baby. And they did it. They, they did it. And so here we are running through downtown. I got in. We got into uh, Vineland, New Jersey that night, and I checked in. They did all the preliminaries. And the next morning, they put me in a wheelchair. And I'm going to, if you can see this, I'm going to try to hobble over here. Incidentally, surgery at 17 is quite a difference then at age 63. This one really tore me up. But here I am in a wheelchair, and they're setting me with a group of other people that some of them were vegetable. I mean, some of them were like just staring. I have not been able to shave because I hate, I don't know if you've ever been in the hospital, but when they try to shave you, it's like, it's like sandpaper. I'm in the hospital. I'm in rehab. I'm with a group of people, and some of them have the classic stroke look where their, their whole face is numb and paralyzed. I'm in the hospital, and I could not read my cell phone, but I knew when it rang. I flipped the phone over, flipped it up, and within five minutes sold over $55,000 worth of artificial rock. Because I didn't lose the ability to talk. I didn't lose the ability to sell. I just couldn't see. I could not, uh, I didn't feel like eating. But I went back to work. And there was an architect where I was working who is what we want to call a non-spirit-filled Christian who thinks that because he shook hands with somebody, a pastor, a long time ago, he thinks he's got a ticket straight to heaven, but his life does not meet the status. So this young man, we'll call him Keith, taking photos, 
And one day I had to go into the, back into the hospital because my blood pressure spiked. And if any of you know what a stroke is, it's basically the blood pressure just went through the roof. So I'm in pain. I'm in the hospital. But we finished that rock. He gets on the phone, and I said to him, I said, Keith, I'm in horrible pain, but we will finish your rock. And I will never forget what he said to me. He said, where's your faith, Al? The most mocking, verbally abusive human being. Where's your faith? And something inside of me stirred that day. And I said to him, where is my faith, my friend? Where is my faith? Let me tell you about my faith. My faith took me while I was paralyzed. And my faith stood me up in that wheelchair. And my faith said, I will not hobble around on a walker. No, rather, I took the walker. I got up off the wheelchair, and I walked with a walker. Excuse me, i got to get the water. I walked with a walker to the truck, my uncle's truck. I took the walker and threw it up in the truck. I got back in the truck. The last time I ever used a wheelchair, the last time I ever used a walker. How did I do it? I did it by faith. Faith that God would heal me, and he did. I prayed one night with a dear friend. I was blind. I could not see. The next morning, I opened my eyes, and I said, Hallelujah, I can see. And I was looking at everybody. It was absolutely wonderful. Thank you, God. Now, let me tell you about faith. If you go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, still got to take my glasses off. I figure, you know what? God healed my eyes. I wish he'd have made it back to 2020, but he didn't. Chapter 11, first verse. Now, faith is the substance of things, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do not appear. Let me read, let me read that. I, I just finished a worldwide tour. Anyone here have any Greek blood by chance? You've been to Greece, you've... Have Greek relatives? No one? We're all normal. Well, let me tell you about Greece. I flew from Dubai into Greece. When we flew in, I looked down, and it was absolutely stunning, beautiful, blue, crystal clear water. Flew on in, and I said, I'm going to do some things. I am going to, number one, I'm going to see what I can do about ministering to some good people. I'm going to pray for people. I'm going to make it a matter of importance that I can do something for someone. I flew into Greece. Now, I went to, uh, have any of you ever heard of Lee College or Lee University? All right. 
Well, I had the opportunity to study Greek, and that's what basically the New Testament was written in. It's historic Greek. Now, I love languages. I learned how to say thank you in Greek when I was there, because one of the things, if you say thank you or thank you very much, it it touches people's hearts. So if you say, it means thank you, thank you very much. Or if you say it like um, a Grecian Elvis, you would say, thank you, thank you very much. So I went to Greece, and I had a ball. And I began to just research some of the Greek translations of the Bible, and I began to look at some of the neat things. Now, one of the reasons that when I went to Lee that I never studied Greek was because I was too much in a have fun, let's take no prisoner mood. I would do water balloons. Uh, one time, there was this poor guy, and he was the hall monitor. His name was Sammy Davis. Do you remember him by chance? Sammy Davis, and then his roommate was Riley Puckett. Well, Riley, Riley Puckett and Sammy Davis, not Sammy Davis Jr. He was just Sammy Davis. Now, these, these guys were like tall, and they were, they were country, and they, they just talk and everything else. So we were, my brother and I were in the same hall. We were in the same dorm, and we would just do crazy stuff, and we just kind of tormented those poor guys. They were the hall monitors. They could have kicked us out just like that. But one day we decided, me and my brother and a bunch of us, us guys, we decided just to walk into the room. These two guys are sleeping. We walk in, and we turned on every appliance that they had. We turned on the blow dryers. And, and then we turned around and walked back. We threw water balloons. We did everything we could. And Riley, I'll never forget it, and Sammy would say, I'll tell you, you mango brothers are wild. I say, you're wild, sounding a little bit like foghorn leghorn. Well, I just always was trying to step it up a little bit more. So back then, Hughes Hall at Lee College didn't have, I mean, they had air conditioning, but a lot of times we just open our windows. And so everybody's windows are open. And I walk into Sammy's room, and I say, man, how you guys doing? They, they're just sleeping. They're having a good old time. Uh, we used to call it the Bed Springs Church of God. The Restmore Church of God, you know, they, they'd be sitting there just sleeping. I said, hey, guys doing okay? You going to go to the uh, cafeteria before they shut it off? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we uh, went back out in the hall, and I, I had just gotten these uh, Cherry Bomb or M80. I don't know if you know M80 is a firecracker. Smoke bombs. Smoke bombs. So I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to do something that will really shake every, get these guys out of their bed. If they're going to be a dorm monitor, let's get to monitoring. So their wind was open. They were right above the door. I walked out the door. I lit a M80 uh, smoke bomb, which, looks, which looked just like a firecracker. I walked out, and I simply went just like this. I went, and the thing went perfectly in the room bounced a couple, and Sammy Davis and Riley Puckett looked at it and went, oh, no, and they rolled up in their mattresses. Next thing out, you're looking, you're looking at smoke come billowing out of the room. So that's why I didn't study Greek, because I was just having too much fun. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That word in the Greek, 
for substance is hypostasis. Say, say it with me. Hypostasis. It can better be translated into assurance or the title deed. How many of you have ever had the deed or a title to a car or a property where they had to sign it over to you and you bought it? You know that's what Paul was talking about, and I do believe that it was Paul that wrote Hebrews. The Hebrews were beginning to turn back to the tenets of Judaism, to go back to the old time and saying that the, the, the crucifixion of Christ meant nothing because basically they were, of, it was of no value, so they went back to it. And Paul was talking to them, look, we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is the substance. That word means a title deed. So let's translate that. Faith is the title deed of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. I want to tell you, I'm going to have to sit down for a second. Please forgive me. First time I've ever ministered in a wheelchair. Can everyone see? All right. A little bit better. Uh I began to see and, and understand the tenets of faith. By faith, Abel offered unto God a better sacrifice. He obeyed. By faith, Enoch was translated. By faith, Abraham, when he was told to do so, left Ur of the Chaldees and became the father of many generations. One of the tenets of faith is this. Faith requires obedience. James said that faith without works is dead. Can works save you? No, but faith in Christ can save you. But if you are righteous and get right with God, you will work and you will do something. Now, I'm walking through this beautiful port city of Patras in near Athens, Greece, and I began to walk over. And I said, God, I would like to minister to somebody, possibly a refugee. As I began to walk, I said, God, I'm going to give some clothes away. I'm going to give some, some maybe some of these suitcases away or something, but I want to help somebody. So I'm walking along. And as I walk, I look over, and I see this little lady, and she's on near a lean-to, and she's tying up some plastic, and that plastic is going to cover her through the rains or through the, 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 the heat of the sun or whatever. She's on the, in the shade, but she's got to worry about the rain. So she's there, and I have this big old huge carry-on suitcase, and I just felt like I needed to give it away. So I began, I turned, I went around the lean-to, which was the place where everyone sat when they're waiting for their boats to go to the out islands in the, I mean, in, the, uh, in Greece, in that, near Athens, Greece. I walk over, and I did not know this lady, and she didn't know me. I, she was probably a Syrian refugee. Somebody said, well, what if they were Muslim? Well, you know what? 
you're going to have to minister to Muslims. What if they were Greek? What if they were this? What if they were that? Well, you know what? I didn't care. I just wanted to help somebody. I had some extra clothes. I'd packed too much. I wanted to help somebody. In five seconds, I looked, and I saw her situation. She was putting plastic down. I looked to the left, and there her little, her clothes and everything she owned because of the horrible situation of the Syrian civil war, everything she owned were, were in two plastic bags, two plastic bags, just barely minimum, nothing. She probably had to, to run for her life to get away from the horrible atrocities that are Syria, that's happening in Syria right now. But this little lady looked at me, and so I said, I want you to have this gift, gift, here. She, up, she did not understand. I did not know how to speak her language. I did not know how to speak Syrian or Greek, but she understood when I gave it to her. She put her hand on her heart, which is a very Arabic symbol. If you put your hand on your heart, you go like this. It means that you have touched my heart. You have touched my heart. Now, her eyes were, fill, were filled with tears. This dear little sweet lady had hardly a tooth in her mouth. But you know what I said? This is my gift to you. And I turned around and walked away. And, of course, as I'm walking, I can feel the holy presence of God. But I began to cry, oh, God. What if that was my mother? What if that was my sister? What if that was a, an aunt or a, a relative? And all she's got is two little plastic bags filled with clothes, and she's, she's trying to make a lean-to at a, at a port city so she can sleep at night. When I began to walk away, I was crying. I was weeping. I was weeping. And the Lord nudged me. Now, that, that is a word that comes from Pastor Hank Davis. God will nudge you. Have you, any of you ever, ever felt the nudging of the Holy Spirit to help someone? Amen. It might be a still small voice. It's not God coming down and saying, you will go and find someone and feed some little Syrian lady. No, Something came into my heart and said, you've got to help some people in this place, in Greece. As I was walking away, the Lord impressed me. He didn't say, I want you to give her this much, but he impressed me to go back and give her some cash. This time, when I walked, and I've got to be careful here, so oh, I'll tell you, it gets old when you're limping. Um, as I began to walk away, God spoke to me and through my heart nudged me, go back and give her some money. As I walked up to this lady, she, her eyes are still as big. She's going, what is this man doing? You know, but I put that cash in her hands. I looked into those beautiful brown eyes and I said, this is a gift. This is a gift. This time she did not put her hand on her heart. This time she put her hand on her heart, crying. She grabbed my hand, and all she did was kiss it. And, of course, the rest of the day, I am crying like a baby. But you know why? Because God nudged me. And, I, and because I didn't do that by, in my own strength. I did it by faith. Now, 
uh, in James, the second chapter, it talks about faith through obedience. You have works. That means that you do, your faith makes you respond when someone is in a need. I'm going to have to paraphrase this. But James said, I'll show you my faith with my works. Now, there are some people that, and I believe in speaking words of faith. I believe that when I woke up this morning, and trust me, I was in anguishing pain. I kept on. I'd, I'd call for the elders. I called for the elders, and I said, pray for me. I'm in horrible pain. Pray for me, please. But I began to say, I am healed by the stripes of Christ. I am healed. With his stripes, we are healed. This morning, I could not walk three or four feet. But I'm, I'll tell you one thing. I'm feeling pretty good right now. I'm, I'm still a little limpy, and I feel a little bit a little bit weak, but guess what? By his stripes or with his stripes, I am healed. Now, James talks about people confessing, and here's what he says. It's good. Faith with works, I'll show you. But if you see your brother or your sister in need and destitute of daily food, and I know people that will do this. They will proclaim over that brother or sister. They will simply say, oh, be thou filled, and be the, let your hunger be filled. I confess over you that, God, that you are going to be whole, that you will be filled and you will receive. James says, but if you say that and you don't take from your substance and you don't help them, how can you say you have faith? In other words, what he's saying is help and sometimes you're the only person that God has to use, that God can use. So faith is the, the title deed. Number two, faith is obedience. And then finally, finally, faith looks ahead. But let me tell you about obedience. You see, Paul was talking to the Greeks, which were under at that time. Let me go sit back down, take a swig. Got a limp over here. Amen. Tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll be heading to Alabama in that Dodge truck. Okay. Obedience was something that Paul understood because it was a very fabric of the Roman Empire, the armies of Rome. The armies of Rome were underneath a man, men, they had hierarchy. They had levels of authority. There was a centurion, and he was over 100 men. Now, these guys, let me tell you, when I went to Italy, it was absolutely fabulous because my grandmother was a Romano. That means of Rome. So when I went to Rome, I went to uh, down into Sicily, I went by boat where Maria Magdalena Romano came out of Palermo, Sicily, the port, to the United States 100 years ago. I went to her village where she used to pray as a little girl in a church. I also went to Naples, Italy, where my grandfather 100 years ago came to the United States, Nicola Mango. That's his name, Nicola Mango. And grandmom was Maria Magdalena Romano. 
But the Roman authorities and the Roman soldiers were so powerful that when they were, they would give an order, it was to be obeyed. Now, if you will remember, Paul would constantly be talking about, I, Paul, am a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a servant, and I move in faith, but I listen. I'm a servant. That word in the Greek is, that word in the Greek is doulos. Doulos means not servant, but it actually means a total slave. I am a slave to Christ. And then the word Lord is Korias, Korias. Say these words. Say it. Korias. I am Korias means, oh, let me stand back up. I'll get anointed here. Okay. There was one time, it was a, they said it was a legend, but I believe that with the authority of the Roman centurions, there was a Roman centurion. He was the Lord. He was the Korias. He had men who would serve him, who would fight for him, who would walk in battle for him. They were the doulas. They were the slaves or they were the men who were under his authority. Now, there was one time where a Roman centurion had to go against a barbaric tribe. And he, would, he was going against it, this tribe, and he said, you have one hour to surrender. And the, the, basically the barbarians said, yeah, right, forget you, buddy. He simply did this. He said, he raised his hand and he pointed. All of a sudden, double time, his soldiers began to march double time up to the top of the hill, the ravine, the cliff. They walked up to the cliff. He pointed to them and he said, one by one, every minute, a man, a soldier, would walk, would run, would march right off the top of the cliff and fall to his death. They were such slaves. They were such a chorios that their very essence was meant to serve Rome. They would give their lives to Rome. Ten men did that. One, death. Two, death. Three, death. Four, death. By time they reached the tenth man, the leader of the opposing army came, bowed down, and said, I am a servant of Rome. Now, why did he do that? But here's why he said. He said, if any man has that type of of power. There is no army in the world that can defeat a, a military like unto Rome. And they surrendered there on the spot. It cost 10 men. 10 men that understood the lordship, the chorias, and the servanthood, the slave, the doulas. Faith, faith in Christ, we are 
servants of him. Now, the third aspect of faith is it looks ahead. I'm going to have to quote this, and I've done pretty well on that because uh, I just would much rather quote it because I'm, it's something that, that I feel I can flow in more. In Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and remember that the chapters in the Bible were not added until the, like the 1400s. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what joy? The joy of seeing young men, young ladies, old men coming to Christ and salvation coming through his precious blood, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, suffering the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Faith in Christ. Now, I'm going to close right now because I've run out of time. I'm going to pray like Jake, uh, like Joshua. Let the, let the clock stand still. for Let me get this final phase. Let this final chapter. Let this final thought. The faith looks ahead with joy and expectancy, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Faith says, I see the future, and it's bright. I will not be under any power of drugs. I see the future, and it says, I'm delivered. I walk in healing. I walk in divine health. I walk in faith. Now, I've got to go but sit back down a minute. I get a little bit uh, doing, oh. In 2012, October, four years ago, God spoke to me as clear as a bell. How many of you have ever heard the voice of God? Amen. I woke up and I was building an artificial rock in Paducah, Kentucky, my crew and I. That morning, the Lord said something to me. And I was listening. I was listening for the voice of God. After the stroke, I had a keen hear, ear to be able to hear when God would impress me to help or do anything. God was always, and God was just telling me, give, bless to the people, the little maids in the hotel, the least of these my brethren. So here's what I began to do. I, I would do that. Well, that night God spoke to me and said, this is what will happen. You will work for someone, and this is how much will come in. And trust me, if I shared with you, I don't share with anybody. I share with only my closest friends because it's so off the wall. It's so impossible. But with God, there is nothing impossible. So I heard the voice of God. Well, I, it was having to do with me working for the royal house of Saudi Arabia. I shared it with one of my, with the, one of the guys that worked for me, and he said, yeah, yeah, okay, right. I learned you just sometimes cannot share things of faith with people that live in doubt. You've got to be careful. But I shared it then with a, a young a lady who was basically uh, 
to me, any, everybody's getting young now. She was in her 40s. She's one of my scenic artists. She did the paint jobs. She worked on this rock. She done work at Disney. I shared it with her about the fact that God was going to have me to, min, to, to actually work for the royal house of Saudi Arabia and to actually minister to someone in that royal house. Well, that seems impossible. But guess what? When I said that to her, here's what she said. And I'll never forget, she said, I hate Muslims. Yet, she would say, but I'm a Christian widow. Let me tell you, I don't care who you are. If you have hate in your heart and you can't minister to someone, you're not a Christian, much less a Christian widow. So I began to share that. Now, fast forward. That was in August, I'm sorry, October of 2012. In 2013, I had my first, my retina detached and began and, and was torn. I was laying in a bed trying to recuperate with a, re, a detached retina. They had done the laser surgery, which was very, very painful. I was in so much agony and that nothing, no, no painkillers could even help me. I just was wounded, hurting. But there I was, and all of a sudden, I've the patch, and I'm looking, and there's a fog in my room. There's a fog. And in that fog, I looked. I had all kinds of bandages. I looked like one-eyed Jack. But I looked, and through the fog, I saw angels. Wonderful, white, glowing. I could not see their face. There was a fog. But they were just walking around the foot of my bed. Now, there are some of you that say, man, I believe that. I believe because I believe that angels appear today. You might be ministering. You might try to help some homeless person. He might be an angel. The Bible says, be not afraid to entertain strangers unawares. Because angels come in disguise. That angel might have appeared as that little homeless man that walked in the church. He might have been an angel. You never know. But they told me two things. They told me two things. And it had to be, and I used to work for Universal Studios. I recreated the entire movie Tomb Raider in Richmond, Virginia for Paramount Studios. These two, these angels, after they they came into my room, they said, you will be a part of two distinct movies, two distinct movies. I was so excited. Here I was walking around, and I got on my inter internet. I had a uh, uh, my uh, eye patch on. But I began. Now, last year, I began to believe, number one, for the economic provision that would come from God speaking to me in 2012 that I and I was I would I actually went to sought or to Dubai just simply to meet with uh, some uh, some developers there who are all financed by Saudi Arabian oil money when I came back I began to just continue to pray because God told me, therefore, I will pray it. I will pray it into existence. So 
friends of mine, former pastors, would pray. We would pray. And guess what? As we prayed, God would begin to work. I had to have some property sold. Guess what? It was sold. It was sold. In fact, it was sold. Pastor Davis, Pastor Hank Davis and I went there. I allowed him. He drove because he loves to drive my my truck with the Hemi. And he's, he would always say to me, he said, this truck wants to do 80 miles an hour. I said, feel free. Feel free. I'm not paying your ticket. But as we are in this, I signed over the papers, or it was signed over to me. I signed over my ownership, once again, the title deed. And as we got there, as we came back, I said, Hank Davis, because of you, I just, I just sold property. Because had you not introduced me to a young man, a wonderful man named Don Denmark, I would have never been able to own that property in Vance, Alabama, 30 years ago. So we, we went out of there, and I was enjoying the chunk of change that came, just came in. And I said, Brother Hank Davis, where would you like to eat? And, of course, he said some, some low-end. It wasn't Captain D's. No, no. He said, let's, uh, let's go to, uh, let's not go to that catfish house in Gadsden. No, no. Let's go to Red Lobster. I said, here's the drill. I want you to pick out whatever you want on that menu, which is a dangerous situation. <laughs> I got my bill, and it was like $1,700. I said, man, just kidding. But by faith, we had been believing and praying for that land to sell, and guess what? It sold. Why? Because faith, faith will bring results. We look ahead to Christ. I believe that what God spoke to me, he is able to deliver. I'm going to take one more swig, and then would, I, would you mind if I began to pray for you just as the Spirit gives me knowledge, I will just simply pray. Everyone, if you would, bow your heads. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you, and I know that, God, I had to come here tonight, and I was not going to allow anything to affect me coming and ministering to this dear group of people, my friends, my, believe, my fellow believers. In Jesus' name, God, I ask you to begin to heal in this place. I want to ask somebody, just bow your heads, but there's someone that needs healing in your blood, diabetes. I want you to lift your hand right now, and by faith, I want you to touch the hem of his garment. Touch the hem of his garment. In Jesus' name, I speak healing. To this dear lady, total healing in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, right now I speak financial breakthrough. There is someone in this place right now that God has been dealing with you 
to offer to make offerings to give in offerings you wonder why economically you are not doing well you wonder why you're always fighting the bible says in malachi malachi that why do you rob god you rob god in tithes and offerings i was homeless in 1981 wounded and devastated living in a tent in Ocala, the Ocala National Forest. Everything I had done had been, had fallen down. Every, every desire, everything that I decided to do had ended up in failure. But I began to sow into the kingdom of God. I began to find every widow or every orphan that I could find and give them help. My brother was, uh, was moving in the stock market, and he would brag, oh, I'm in the stock market, I'm this and I'm that. But I began to sow into the kingdom of God in offerings, helping people that needed help. I'd listen to the nudge or the still small voice. It was not five years later that a lady out of the blue gave me, in a will, she had just, she passed away and her will was read $36,000 of General Electric stock. The Lord impressed me when to sell it. I sold it at the peak day, literally, because God impressed me when. I made, it took $36,000 to $58,000. I was able to buy property in Vance, Alabama. How does a person get how does a person get uplifted in the kingdom of God? That person begins to sow to the kingdom of God. It's greater than any stock market. I'm going to just continue to pray that there's someone here that God wants you to obey. He has been touching you. It might be to give to that widow down the street. It might be to give tithe or to pay tithes. You might say, well, I only have uh, $10 to my name. Then give $1 to God. Tithe. And you know what? Give another dollar to the offering and to the an offering to God. And guess what? That $8 you have left over will stretch like you've never seen before. How many of you say, yes, God, I need a financial turnaround? Lift your hand. Oh, in Jesus' name, I pray right now, God, for restoration of finances, for restoration. And I pray, God, to speak to this bro these brothers and sisters. Touch them tonight. God, I pray, just, just bear with me it's, if it's for you then just receive it. I pray for that mother that is wounded and is suffering from seizures. God, she is in agony and in pain. And right now I speak healing to her. Would you agree with me in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I ask you for unsaved loved ones right now. I thank you that, God, that you are doing a work, God, in this church. 
I pray, God, in Jesus' name, the Bible says, no weapon that has been formed against us shall prosper. Therefore, God, in Jesus' name, I ask you to bind any words in anyone's of this church's body that have come against in cursings, any words that have hindered the finances of anybody in this church or anyone that's against my church, or against me, I pray right now and we bind their authority. And right now I speak to the spirit of infirmity. I speak to the spirit of infirmity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. May God bless you. Pastor Rhonda, thank you for allowing me to come and minister in faith.